Hello and welcome to the I'll Try That podcast. This week we are travelling back over to Japan again and we're going to be trying Kirin Ichiban, um, which is Japan's premium beer. Uh, and also Simo is waving a bottle in my face. Kirin Megum, is that how Megum? Megumi. Is that how am I pronouncing I it? Megumi. Megumi? Yeah. We're very sorry if we butcher any of the, the, the translations in this because we will 100% will. And well, when doing research for this, I'm already a bit thrown by some of the, the names and the way they're sent. But put that all in aside. First things first, let's hit ourselves with a hot topic with Mr. Joe Druitt. Thank you, Richard. So, <laughs> so I thought I'd bring us a bit of, you know, something that should be on everyone's Christmas list, Okay. This is for any beer enjoyer, specifically a Guinness innovation. Uh, so anyone who enjoys a good Guinness and is looking for that, that draft Guinness taste, but at home, Guinness has launched an at home draft tap. Now, this at home draft tap is being dubbed, and I'm saying already, this is not to overemphasize how much of a big deal this is. It's being dubbed as Guinness's greatest the, the biggest dispense innova- innovation for Guinness since the launch of the widget 30 years ago. Big talk. Wait there, who's dubbed this? Has Guinness dubbed this? <laughs> that's just great marketing. No. No, this, this is great. <laughs> yeah, I know Get we're, it. I, I know we're from biased, Guinness. guys, but we, we yeah. nailed it here. We have. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine the meeting? Could you imagine the meeting? It's like everyone's just looking at each other like, we're bloody awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're good at this. <laughs> Yeah. It doesn't actually, yeah, exactly. It's just coming from a couple of different articles, but I think it, there are dozens of them who are saying this is the uh, <laughs> the biggest innovation <laughs> since since, uh, since uh, sliced but bread. Let me tell you more about this because I do think that we. I'm already get quite excited. You can probably tell my voice, and I definitely think if I had, uh, you know, this might be something I want on my Christmas list. So they are Guinness have announced this limited first release of the UK in the UK of a draft tap for homes for Christmas now this was originally sold uh, directly just to bars whereas now they've um, they've opened that up to at home release as well in a very limited batch so what this does is try to create the classic two part pour at home so the you get this this kind of machine that looks like a draft tap and you get these special cans mm. that come with it, with special cans made for this, where basically you insert the can up, uh, you know, one way, and then it spins it up upside down, and then it does the the certain pour with with the tap. So this, it, obviously, it's a lot of whole a whole contraption going on there. But basically, you have a can, you insert the can, and then you tip it upside down using this machine in a very specific way, and it pours you the perfect Guinness at uh, at home draft of Guinness. Um, Everyone's up for that. Go on, it, Who's been to the like the Dublin Guinness factory? Has anybody? I've been. St. James's. Yes, not St. James's Gate. Yes, yeah, so I've been, and I got the opportunity, which is amazing, on the tour where you get to actually pour a proper Guinness, and they teach you how to do it. So I'm guessing that mm. you don't have to actually have any finesse. What you're saying is, you stick something in, and it just does it for you. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, Guinness are trying to the pure laziness yeah, exactly. of it. I love it. But also as well, think about it. It's at home. It's got to be suitable that we can make, we can do it. So the, the, the technologies that Guinness are trying to do with their innovations on their taps is fast, is fascinating. We've talked quite a few times about them, about, we've talked about it before. The bottom filling, um, cups, you know, where you, you, yeah. you click it in and it comes up from the top and you see those at rugby matches What's and things the like that. Has it? Um, yeah, exactly. Big shout out. 
We've talked a bit before about the vibrating plates. Have you guys seen these yeah, for the Guinness I've, where you get really special want, cans? I've always wanted to try the vibrating plate. It's right. very incredible. How do you mean? Sorry. So basically, this is a, it goes in, a, it's, you usually get these at bars as well, but I definitely want to try and see if I can get one at home. And it's basically a, a plate. It's like a like a, a beer font, but it has a big gap, and it just has this big silver circular area. You put a um, a glass of Guinness, an empty gl- uh, pint glass of Guinness, there. You pour a Guinness from a specific can in to this, and it looks like this, it's uh, almost like a flat beer, doesn't it? It's almost it looks like, flat. Yeah. And then this plate then vi- and then you turn the machine on and it vibrates to a level where it then gives you all the the the, the, fr- the, fr- the nitrogen or whatever. It, the yeah. magic, the 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 wonder then happens with this vibrating and it activates, as you said, probably Barbara. Yeah. Barbara. But for me, from my my eyes, again, it just arrives. You know, just this fantastic vibrating vibrated Guinness. I'm a real big fan of of all of these cool inventions and everything like that. But, <laughs> big but how often are you going to use it once you've installed it? I could see if I was to put that in my house, I would have a great time for the first two weeks going, look at this great contraption. Look at what it does. I don't, and, then, and then I just wouldn't use it again because I'd just go, oh, wait there, I can just do this. I would. I, 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 I don't know. Guinness is different. Maybe Guinness this isn't. Is this isn't speaking to you, then, Travis. Remember, you're not the true yeah. Guinness customer, though. I, no, I yeah. normally, be, I kind of would be inclined to agree with Travis, but I think when we did Guinness, it was your first Guinness, wasn't it? Oh, in like yeah, yeah. Like, what, like from when I was young. I remember yeah. trying one when I was younger, yeah. but it was my first one in like a long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think. So what you're telling me, Travis, is you're not going to be uh, shelling out seven hundred and fifty pounds. <laughs> For this new micro draft bar tap, I am. If I was in the no. UK, if I was in the UK, I'd generally consider it for a. Lit- It'd be one of those things you ponder over. It's like, mm, it's really then, cool. I think if you're if you're the type of person who's already created themselves like their own at home bar, you know the one those yeah, bar areas. Yeah, this yeah. is your perfect. Like you have to be getting one of those or the vibrating plate if they create. Do you have to buy special canisters at home? What was it like? So yeah, so it comes with um, a, the Guinness micro draft cans. And two Guinness pint glasses. So yeah, you do have to buy special cans. Get you can't just get a can. As well, like, yeah. like if you put it into perspective, you could buy one of those or seven hundred and fifty cream eggs when they come on sale. And I know which one I would want. <laughs> We could we could literally do a whole other episode about what seven hundred and fifty pounds could buy. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. would not personally go for seven hundred and fifty degree eggs, but mind you, I wouldn't go for the the Guinness beer can turner upside down or anyway. <laughs> Micro draft, yeah. yeah, beer tap, yeah. I would go pounds worth <laughs> cream eggs. <laughs> That is a keen insight for the listeners. This is Travis's lifestyle or right there. 7,500 Freddos. <laughs> to be fair, boys, if you think about it, an average price of a pint is about £5. Is that about right in the UK at the moment? Mm-hmm. You would get 150 pints for that. This is, yeah. So, You've got to buy the cans on top, yeah, I suppose, so as well. As so I think, in. though, but, yeah. to be fair, the, the idea behind it is just so spectacular because it's just such a cool, unique thing. And I think I understand where Drabble's coming from is like, yes, you could buy a lot of cream eggs. But like, as Joe said, is like, if you love Guinness and you can't mm. be in Dublin 
Like, it's just a cool, like, thing. To me, it whips a little bit I, of, in case you forgot about Guinness for five mm, minutes, here's your, <laughs> here's your weekly reminder that Guinness well, exists and you want it. Well, l- l- listen to it. We've just, we've talked a bit before about, like, we just did, we've done Victoria Bitters very recently. The beer has not changed. It's a similar situation to Guinness. The beer has not changed for a long, long time. So what do they have to do? They have to do some crazy, fantastic, Instagram-worthy, you know, creation of velvet tracksuits for Victoria Bitters, <laughs> like lime green velvet tracksuits, you know, to kind of get the buzz there. This is Guinness's version of keeping themselves relevant. A, Guinness is very popular, no matter what. You know, we've already done a whole episode on them about how popular they are in all these different countries. But Guinness also have the money behind them to invest in the innovations about the, bar, the, the pouring of this. And this is something very unique to Guinness. No one else can create a beer font that copies this idea, because why would they need to? <laughs> yeah. He's basically you know? the, the the board at Guinness are in like a Scrooge McDuck situation where they're sat on this giant pile of gold <laughs> coins. And going, what next, guys? So, how yeah. about a machine that turns the can upside down for the clients at home? <laughs> Brilliant, do it. <laughs> Here's your wad of cash. <laughs> a lot of beers do talk about how uh, the font changes how good the beer is. And I do feel like for Guinness, that is a really big deal because Guinness is such a unique beverage. And the fact that, like, everyone gets trained how to do a Guinness properly. Like, you know, you see them, they pour half of it and then they walk away and they're like, oh, I've ordered a Guinness and I'm going to be here for, like, 20 minutes. Because they, they wait for it to, like, settle and then they go for the second half, don't they? Like, normal. Friendly, friendly reminder also that if, if you're ever in a bar and you're ordering the Guinness, you order it first. True. Yeah, there you go. Friendly reminder for all the... Uh... All the bartenders out there, they'd thank you for that because they can get it going. Yeah. But also as well, to back to your and, 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 and Travis's point, it is a little bit insulting the fact that they have to have a, a machine to tell you how to tip it upside down. <laughs> yeah. Actually, in many ways, it's got, it may be... Even, we don't trust them to get this yeah, right. Yeah, it maybe even yeah. speaks to that, that the, the, the guys at Guinness have just gone, look, oh God, you just can't be trusted to do it yourselves, we'll make you a machine. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just... I would just like to see their complaints department. The most have just had loads and loads of complaints come through where people are just like, I just can't turn the can over. I, I, I can open it, but I just can't pour it. Help. Do you reckon there was like a, do you reckon there was like a, there was a testing session where they were like, oh, but you have to twist it. Like they, they had the machine yeah. beforehand where the guy had to put it upside down. They're like, no, that's too much effort. So in the testing session, they went, we'll make a machine that just twists it for you. That's basically what they came up with. Your call may be recorded for training purposes. You got like you got like the guy from from Guinness going, yeah, yeah. And and what can did you put in the machine? It wasn't Guinness, was it? What did you really put in there? Did you put another stout in there? It's not going to work, then, is it, mate? Come on. Anyway, so there's an interesting bit of kit for all the beer lovers out there who are building their own bars. So so guys, do you mind if we move on from Guinness and their innovations? And maybe we can explore enjoyment with Kirin Ichiban. Yes, I am saying konnichiwa to Kirin Ichiban. And I'm having the... Um, <laughs> and I think it's just... Sorry, yeah, I was looking for like the other name. I thought Kirin Ichiban was the brewery. But this is, yeah, Japan's premium beer, Kirin Ichiban. This mm-hmm. is the... Ichiban is the main one of, from, from Kirin. Am I, am, have I got that right? Have I, yeah. have I perceived it correctly? Can I can I just quickly throw it out there? Is all beer from Japan premium beer? They'd like they'd like you to think so. Yes. Yeah. There's just there's just a current theme that every Japanese beer we try claims it's a premium it's beer. Premium. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe that's just the ones they export. 
that that could very well be it. I mean, I was reading yeah. a little bit about Kirinichiban and Sapporo being um, the two most popular beers in Japan, and it did occur to me that we talked because obviously. Um, I don't think I was on on the episode, but with Asahi a long time ago, and obviously you can get Asahi um, so much over here, and that sort of speaks to me of sort of Japan has gone. Well, look <laughs> here, Ichiban and, and Sapporo are the really popular ones, so mm. let's see if anyone wants Asahi um, a, a, abroad. To be fair, it wouldn't really sound great if they went, "Hey, this is Kirin Ichiban. This is Kirin Ichiban. This is the average beer." To be fair, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, standard so, beer. So stand. So um, <laughs> it's fine. I mean, to be fair, <laughs> Kirinichiban is actually quite an old brewery. So does anybody know when it was founded? Eighteen eighty-eight. Okay, and where does anybody know? Does that was that oh, right? Eighteen eighty-eight. I, I, <laughs> I thought it was eighteen sixty-nine. Oh, oh, there's some opposing things. I here. I thought it was eighteen eighty-eight, and I thought it was in Yokohama, Japan. Well, let's let's explore your 1869. Yeah, so yeah. I got I, when when I did a bit of research. So long before the Kieran brand existed, William Copeland, a Norwegian American brewer, started the Spring Valley Brewery. He founded the brewery in 1869 in the Yamata foreign residential neighbourhood of Yokohama. At the time, the beer was almost entirely unknown in Japan, um, and then that all shut down. And then it was brought out by the Kieran ah, people. Okay, cool, so yeah. there was kind of a bit. So you're right. So maybe there's. So maybe the Kirin Ichiban beer didn't come until later, but it sounds yeah. like there was an original brewery, the Spring Valley one, that started out earlier. Yeah. So, so 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 it was the site was chosen where he did it because he dug a cave into the hillside, um, so it was colder, so he could ferment the lager. Um, and his Germanic beers were popular among the Westerners in the area. But unfortunately, the Spring Valley Brewery um, closed, and then yeah, was brought out by the the Japanese, where Kirin Ichiban kind of came from. On top of that, quick question. I know Dravers loves a question, and I know he loves giving really realistic answers to it. So, how many um, countries do you think Kirin is sold in? So, this is Kirin Ichiban and potentially Kirin Megumi as well. How many countries do you think it's sold in? Uh, Drabwell, we'll go with you first. <laughs> Lowball it again, mate. <laughs> I was going. Oh, 104. <laughs> Oh, Get interesting. Out. Okay. Get out. You never. Uh, it's quite a popular beer. I've heard of. Yeah. Like, I've heard of, of Kidrich. D dog. What do you think? I'm sorry. Is that Barber? No, no D dog is you. You're D dog. Was that me? Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the first time I've ever heard this nickname. So. <laughs> hey, 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 I'm in Australia. Me no, if I don't I'm in Australia now. <laughs> Nicknames are just a thing. You just come up with we a only... nickname. D dog is your name now. So D dog. We only call you D dog behind your back, mate. That's why. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Come on, D dog. Let's go. I think they're. Le- I think it's less than what drivers said. I think they're in about fifty countries. Okay, and Barbatron. Barbatron, I was kind of hoping for B-Man. D-Dog uh, and B-Man. That, that, that's no, 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 because um, you're not in the same group. I feel like... Okay, yeah. that's fine. You're more robotic. And he, D-Dog is like... He, he has <laughs> Thank like, you. He has, get back on to He has pet dogs that attack things. Anyway. And I'm what? a cold, heartless machine. <laughs> um, and with my superior logic, I'm going to tell you that it's sold in 32 countries. Uh it is sold in 40 countries, so technically, uh, Barber's is right, I think. Yeah, I win. Yeah, you Barbatron win. Barbatron has won! <laughs> <laughs> right, let's get I on to Kirin and tell. Don't call me Barber. <laughs> <laughs> what do we think of, of Kirin is that, you know, what makes 
Kieran unique. And the word, one phrase that's sprung to mind because it's literally printed on the bottle, yeah. I've never heard this phrase before, is first press. press. And it's right yeah. underneath a big droplet, like beer droplets, that it looks like. Now, I've done a little bit of research into first press. Um, and it does seem that Kirin and Kirin Ichiban and their products are the only company that does this first press system. So yes, first Joe, press. The question on everyone's lips is, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Let me give, I'll give, you the, I'll give the top line and then we'll dive into a bit more detail about what that means. So first press describes the craft of extracting only the first press of liquid from the malt. So this is the ingredient, this is where they claim is where the ingredients are at their purest. So much like the process for extra virgin olive oil. So, so, so what's you know, the where other brewers use... So what do, sorry, you're so, about to explain it, um, so yeah. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so, just shush. Hey Joe, hey Joe, say the thing you're about to say. <laughs> so... Where most brewers will use a blend of the first and second press. However, Kieran is the only brewer in the world to only use this first press. And this is how they claim is why they get their, where they get their unique, balanced and pure taste from. Right. Now, who has more technical specifications as to why this, what, what makes up this first press situation? They press it really hard on the first go. No, Barbara said the word wart, which got me very excited. Oh. <laughs> Um, that, oh sound... my gosh, that is not a thing you would like to say. Anyway, sorry. Yep. No, I mean excited <laughs> because it, it leads to something where where you talk about wart in the brewing process. This is the first time we've ever mentioned wart this, within the brewing process. This is uncanny. And, 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 this is just and the entirety of this pop brewing podcast. So I'm very excited by the fact that we're going to talk about wart now. So let's say there are um, six stages of the, of the brewing process. Mashing, filtration, boiling, fermentation, packaging, shipping. Packaging and shipping, I right, will probably lump those two in together. Um, but the first press of the Vought <laughs> is, I don't know, I feel like it's a strong German name, Vought. So basically, the first press of the Vought is, is what happens at the filtration stage. So second after you've done the mashing. Uh, and it's just that they take this first, it's the first, I, sorry, I don't know how to, to um, uh, articulate it much better than that. It's uh, only just... the first press. There will be a second press. But the stuff that goes into Kirinich Ban is comes out at the um, the first press at uh, the filtration stage. When we went to the Heineken Brewery tour, mm. did we try some wort? We did. We did. We did, didn't we? we? Did try I would just come back. Wart. Yeah, because yeah. that was before the horses. I remember that because there was the wart, then really big horses. Yeah. Well, we were um, in the mash. The horses were just after the mashing. Area. Mashing phase. <laughs> it went mashing horses filtration. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any brewery tour. <laughs> so just to get it like, so they're saying that they don't use the second phase at all. No, but, not for no, Kieran they, they don't even do it. They don't even do oh, a second it? press right. of the wort okay. because they say that 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 is where you get bitter, bitter embodied elements of the beer from. Whereas what they want is this first press of the wort, which they refer to as being where you get the clear and the pure ingredients right. for the beer from. Okay. So, so we, we said this this is the only company in the world that does this yes. that 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 we know of. They've put it in big. They've they've highlighted it in a yellow bar, saying Kieran Ichiban is the only major beer brewing exclusively with fresh first press wort. So there might be smaller brews, smaller yeah. breweries and craft brews, etc., that are doing this. But this is the only major beer brewing company that does do this. Re- I, do you do do you reckon they were just like um, we we we. We've done it. We've now said it. We've just got to go with it. 
Um, and we're just and we're just going to roll with it, even though it's not as good as everything else. But they've just committed to it. I don't know. I, I, it's it's something very unique. It's the first company I've come across which has something truly unique within the brewing com- process, right? You know, ev- everyone else is doing different takes on the brewing process and different ways of like flavoring beers or putting you know pea and red cabbage into beers and stuff, or talking about the, how they're unique because of their impact on the environment and blah 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 blah. Whereas Kieran Ichiban are saying, no, literally our beer is different yeah. because of how we make the beer. It's the first company I've come across, which is, which is really clearly saying this is a very different type of beer because of what we do with our wort process. And surely that means it's more linked to the taste rather than, oh, this is an eco-friendly beer. doesn't mean it tastes good. What they're saying this is, is to, yeah. Yeah, and this is to drive you towards your really dry and crisp fresh flavor i think is that is that fair to say that's what they're, they're going for and um what is um so i've looked at the this so they have two beers but, uh, from before we jump seen, oh sorry Joe, sorry ahead. before we jump onto more beers i do think we need to talk about taste because i think you've hit the nail on the head there what, what do we feel let's go around the circle what's the what's the group feeling about the taste of this beer then so you've by the way boys you've got the kirin ichiban right? yeah well let's do kirin ichiban first then yeah, we'll yeah, do yeah, the yeah you go yeah. you go um mine is it's it's very bitter for a beer interesting no I, I i'm not i'm not the biggest fan of it i'll i'll, I'll hold my hands out like there's i think the other japanese beers we've tried to prefer it's a very i finally get a very harsh taste mm. oh um, interesting when i'm doing it i'm not i wouldn't want to drink it's kind of a bit more citrusy i can feel it on my tongue and i'm not enjoying the aftertaste as well either it's kind of a, just a bit lingery too much it's just a bit just a bit too much sharpness and a bit too much bitterness for my liking. Also, you're a little at odds with me. I'm finding it quite <clears throat> smooth. I don't know. <laughs> so our taste palette is obviously quite... What's so funny, by the way, I say smooth. So, uh, <laughs> Sorry. Come on, keep going, Barbara. My, my, my Barbatron uh, vocab file is being raided here. Um, <laughs> no, I find it smooth and crisp. And um, again, I say every episode I how suggestible I am. This, <laughs> this, um, I think Kieran Ijban describe it themselves as elegant. And for me, that's almost quite, I'm moving around my hands in a wavy way. Um, but I, I find it quite, yeah, quite like that. I think, um, uh, I think it also, adding to that, if you have it really ice cold as well, is, uh, mm. add, adds to it. But it's that, mm. yeah, it's, uh, for, for me, still, still very clean. Like we talked about, um, uh, Sapporo, but I don't know, almost just like we've sort of dialed it up a little bit, turned it up to 11. So I think if, if we're thinking about this in context of Sapporo and Asahi that we talked about in Japan, this is a very different taste to it. It's a very different take on clean. Like it still feels clean. It still feels very Japan. If we're, if we're saying that all Japanese beers have an element of clean to them, you know, that's what they want to be. They want to be, they won't use the word fresh, but it's trying to be a fresh, a fresh beer. Kirinichiban is that, is that kind of like golden, maltier, you know, kind of, I think what you're talking about, Travis, early on, where you're saying like about the flavor, it's different. It isn't a, your usual Asahi, Sapporo, clean, crisp lager, you know, that just kind of goes down and you don't really get a flavor. You get a really nice flavor for it, but it doesn't really have any lingering taste. Kirin Ichiban, a couple of sips I've had now, my mouth is salivating with the amount of like flavor that's going on here. This is a very long taste that I'm getting with Kirin Ichiban. It is, it's very smooth to your point, Barbara, but I'm also finding it's quite a rich flavor. You know, it, 
it, it has a flavour to it. I just want to put that out there. Like you, you are going to know you're drinking a Kirin Ichiban. You, I know they're trying to say that you should put it with with food as well, but I would say you almost just have it by itself. Yeah, um, you know, because of how it's how it tastes. I think they're delivering on what they promise when when they when you say that, though, aren't they? Because it's the idea is it's this hundred percent malt first press, and that you're getting that delivered straight to your taste buds. Mm. I'm, I'm just going to throw this. This is probably going to it's going to sound it's be a bit controversial, and that's it. It's tasting a bit chemically to me. Oh, okay. Oh, I don't know. I find it interesting. Okay. It's, interesting. It's, it's, it's interesting to have a different viewpoint on it. So I've heard that said about uh, a beer I used to drink in Bristol locally um, uh, produced, but that was for a different reason, that it was about, because it was used, they used unfined hops in it. Um, yeah. Which, as far as I'm aware, so maybe someone check me on it, but I don't think that's what Kieran and Shiban do. But maybe again, that sort of alludes to the the the, the first press and the first press vort method. Mm. So, Simo, you have a different Kieran product yeah, altogether. Yeah. So the one thing I would say is, um, does anybody know what Ichiban actually means? To be fair, every every friend, time yeah. I, it, you're just making me think of friends and Jerry so much. Um, but um, it basically means first and best in Japanese. So Ichiban means first and best. So that's kind of I just thought that'd be interesting for you to hear. Just yeah, if you, that's if you good. Didn't know. Now, which which links back to their product proposition of first press as well. Exactly, first is now, best. I've got yeah. the Kirin Megumi. So this supposedly means gift in Japanese. Oh. Um, what Kirin or Megumi? No, no, Megumi. Megumi. <laughs> Not Kirin. No, Kirin's the company. Megumi <laughs> means gift. Right. So, um, and essentially, it states that it's smooth, crowned with rich, creamy, noble, noble hops. Don't really know how that's a flavour, but um, an appetising aroma, complemented with a delicate, fruity character. Now, if I'm going to be completely honest, you've said, Joe, that it kind of ca- the flavour carries on. It's quite a slow burn, mm-hmm. almost. Mm-hmm. I would say this is almost the opposite, where it hits you straight away. Right. It hits you straight away. Um, and it's it reminds me probably it's kind of like it's almost got like a kick, not a kick to it but it's like it hits you really early and you enjoy it and you like it and it's refreshing but it's not as and it's quite light so I'm it like it and for instance they do claim on the can that it's ninety nine percent ninety nine point nine percent sugar free um, and also it's so I would say you've said it has like that like long flavour. Right, I feel like this is like the short, sharp version of yours, um, and it is crisper. So it's kind of it's more kind of like Oof! kind of drink. Rather Do you than think that's drink. their take on on like the, the the Sapporo Asahi drinkers palette? Mm. You know, this is their kind of crisp, like refreshing version. Whereas the Kirin Ichiban original is that one of it's just something different. Yeah, I would say it's like it has a very similar twang to like the Asahi and the Sapporo. It's like, I'm actually really sad that I haven't had a chance to taste the Ichiban because you're all telling me it's so it's different. It's delicious. And- well, I think it's delicious. I would say I think it's opened up. But I would also say they have other beers as well. And I want to read these out to you. Okay. I think they're fascinating. Yeah. Also, if you get a chance to Google these and what they look like, the cans are phenomenal. So Kirin Ichiban Koronama, which is a dark, they're dark beer. Uh, so okay. What's it called? You've sorry? got the Kirin Ichiban Koronama, this one is worth a Google. The Kirin Ichiban Torotate Hop. So this is their their idea of like an IPA, let's say. And they've gone for a crazy design um, on the can. 
And we'll talk about design in a second because I know Drabble's got something in, in this locker. And there is a Kirin Ichiban frozen beer as well. So this is only from Kirin Ichiban, a beer frozen at minus five degrees Celsius that stays cold for 30 minutes and is delivered in a unique snowy foam texture. What? So it's a, it's a foam texture. I, I mean, I have to try this oh. thing. I have no idea. So it's, it's a, it's a foam ice cold minus five degrees. Like a slushy? Beer. Yeah, basically, it's a beer slushy. <coughs> I just imagine like shaving foam, like some sort of yeah. like Willy, some sort of like Willy Wonka stuff, and you go. That's incredible. That's we incredible. have to try and find this Kirin Japan for a bit. Maybe you can only get it in Japan. I don't know, but that is phenomenal. We have to try I'm just that. Looking at it, so, that's going to need a flake in the top. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I touched a bit about design. Then let's let's talk about the design of this Kirin Japan. And Travis, can you tell us a bit about this? Whatever it is on the front of the of the bottles. Well, as you guys know, I'm I'm a big fan of mythical creatures and especially mythical creatures on said beer bottles and everything like that. Don't worry, Simo, I've got it. No, no, can you show me, <laughs> no. I was basically saying, can you show me yours? Oh, because I don't know what it looks. There like. There we go. So we've got this cool mythical creature. Like Barbara, what would you what would you say that is? It's like a horse dragon. <laughs> a horse dragon. I like horse I like that. Dragon with horse a dragon on the end, or a dragon horse. Or, or a, it's a horse dragon. You know, yes. okay. like a horse yeah. is also part dragon. So, so well, it's actually called a Kirin. So and we've come Kirin, full circle. There we go. So Kirin <laughs> is the is the dra- is the Japanese translation for a four legged creature originating in Chinese mythology. The Kirin is a strong and magnific- magnificent. Japanese spirit or monster, similar to unicorns. The Kirin is often associated with, with peace, a symbol of prestige. Um, and yeah, as you can see uh, on the bottle, um, on the label, the Kirin's body is covered by holy fire. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's, it's a, it's a, it's a positive symbol to have on your beer. Um, and yeah, as, as Barbara said, horse like, so it is kind of unicornish is, it does look is unicorn, in the description. Yeah. But I think, I think, I think more, yeah, it's a unique animal. It's not. It's not a well-known animal in in say Western Western culture and everything like that. Um, but I I'm there for mythical creatures on beers, and I think we should have more of them. I think Fosters should. Oh, it's embody, fascinating. Embody I, I'm really pleased to learn about the Kirin mythical creature and the fact that it's on there because it is so distinctive. It's fascinating. You, you're touching on something there, Drabbers. You got you you got the homebrew on the way. Maybe you should like make Minotaur beer or or um... <laughs> yes. I, I can't I'll probably, think I can't I'll probably think. go for I'll probably go for Troll that lives The Dravator I was going to go Yeah for... <laughs> Yes The Dravator Goblin Brew Sorry. I was going to go for Troll that lives under bridge Oh yeah <laughs> And that... <laughs> Yeah that, that tried to eat Billy Goat's Gruff Is that what you're talking about? Yeah I was going to say I think that's probably more the level of what my beer is going to taste like <laughs> Troll beer <laughs> <laughs> Troll beer When you've had a hard day rampaging in the swamp <laughs> yeah, and, to come yeah. and you've been taking money <laughs> off people under a bridge Yeah So so Simo does your beer have a Kirin on it? So Joe you, you've said this before it's it's embossed. Is that right? Oh, em- embossed Kirin. Nice. Okay, so it's made its way onto the and shoulder the of the Kirin bottle. Is, however, the main like logo design is almost like a thumb smudge. I don't. That sounds really crap. That sounds really okay. crap. Okay. 
It's like a crafted yeah, paint, a paintbrush I, stroke. If I'm honest, I don't know what the Japanese says, but I'm guessing it says Kirin. Um, so, but it's Japanese symbols yeah, in the in the, like, in the. It's almost like an artistic paint smudge, which is very Japanese. Like it sounds really stupid, but this looks yeah. so Japanese. Like I'm trying to figure out where I've I'm trying to figure out where I've seen it before. I'm yeah. sure that it's it's um. um and it's it is really it's a cool looking bottle and it is green now i really like a green bottle <laughs> um i just think there's something that makes it feel really classic almost when it's green um but it's very different to yours which is like is it white and gold is that right yeah so yours yeah, is yeah. white and gold is your bottle still green no, it's no brown. brown brown okay so mine's green and white so like green with white etching on it. So it's very different to yours and then also trying to distinguish itself from yours. Whilst Joe, you've said that the other two drinks, so the other two beverages they have are Kirin Ichiban basically modifications. So this is yeah. so different to your <coughs> yeah. one. Um, which makes me sad because I wish I had tried yeah. yours. But um, it is very, it's obviously very distinguished and it's also trying to be, I feel like this is trying to be very classy um, in the way, in its style. Um but it's mm. I feel that my beer is so different to yours it would always be I need to obviously try yours because it's it's going to be that you've talked about full flavours and the long lasting effects and Drabble's told us that he doesn't like it but like my one is very different to yours and it's very sharp and almost crisp to it so the design of this Kirin Megumi was created and launched to honour the brand's uh, the Japanese brand's heritage so I wanted to do a little bit more on the Kirin Ichibans or the Kirin story. So Kirin became, was at one point in 1972, it was 60% of the domestic market share of beer. This is Kirin was. So this is a big deal in Japan. Yeah, domestic means Japan. Yeah, that's where it's from. Yeah, so just kind of, I guess, wrapping up on why actually we hadn't heard too much of Kirin Ichiban. We're quite familiar with Japanese beers being Sapporo and Asahi, but actually Kirin Ichiban at, in 1972 was 60% of the domestic market share of beer. You know, so it's a really, really big deal in, in Japan. And actually Kirin Ichiban itself only came into its existence in 1990. So... Well, that's the beer that we know today as Kirin Ichiban, is the beer. Well, that only came in 1990, whereas Kirin as a product and a brand have been out since for a lot longer, you know, since that 1888 that we've been talking about. So definitely a brand worth checking out for. I think we've, you've, you, it kind of, you can sit on one or two ways with the flavor as we've just, as we've shown with, with, with Drabba's and, and Barbara and I's opinion on the Kirin Ichiban and obviously Simo's, um, review on the, on the, the more crisper, that's more crisp, that's not a word. A similar review on the what uh, was the your Kirin one called? Megumi. And Megumi as well. Trying to take on a more kind of fresh palette. So Instagram, Kirin Ichiban have uh two thousand followers and Kirin Ichiban UK on Twitter have two thousand followers as well. So again they're breaking that out um by country. Good numbers. Tasty beer. Enjoy. And that's all we have time for in this week's episode of the I'll Try That Podcast. And so from me, Joe, Rich, Barber, and Simo, goodbye. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, I'll try that podcast.com, and watch us on YouTube. Goodbye now. <laughs>